0: Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 Plus Age Varies by Jurisdiction Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See DKNG.com slash b for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.
1: Welcome to First Bite, our Detroit Lions midweek podcast where we are kicking off our brand new, highly anticipated series, getting to know the Detroit Lions draft picks. We will be bringing in a guest uh, who covered these players in college uh, week by week as we start from the back of the draft to the front of the draft. My name is Jeremy Reisman. I'm the producer over at Pride of Detroit, Detroit Lions beat writer at Detroit Online on Twitter. With me as always for First Bite is my co-host and senior editor of Pride of Detroit, Ryan Matthews at Ryan underscore POD on Twitter. Ryan, how excited are you to get this thing rolling? I'm very excited. How excited are you to be doing two podcasts in one day? <laughs> <laughs> Good. I I'm, I'm excited because honestly this is one of my favorite things that we do on our podcast series annually. Yeah, me and, too. Um, it, it, I always enjoy starting with the the back of the draft first too, because sometimes those are the, the lesser known prospects. So uh, line seventh round pick Antoine green UNC wide receiver uh, to better get to know him. We reached out to the UNC side of the media uh, we have the publisher for Tar Heels, Illustrated.com, been covering ACC athletics for over 20 years. The, the rival, now he's on the rival site for North Carolina athletics. Andrew Jones is with us. Andrew, thanks for making some time, man. Appreciate you guys having me out. Well, let's, let's jump right into it. Um, and I kind of want to take a, a macro view first um, and just saying, like, when you remember Antoine Greens, when you kind of reminisce on his time at North Carolina, what is kind of like the big takeaways of his five years
2: there? Perseverance. (laughs) Yeah. He's he's an interesting young man who grew a ton as a football player and away from football, and injuries forced him to do that. I don't know how familiar you guys are with his injury pass, but his freshman year, he was getting on the field about midway through the season. They had a game at Syracuse, Uh, caught a little out pass, and boom, his just leg basically blew up. And it was a terrible injury. It was a kind of thing where you could see from the press box. I was covering the game. You could see the reaction of the teammates. It was in front of the bench, so it was pretty ugly. He was in a lot of pain, and even though I think physically he was okay, about a year and a half later, I really think mentally it took longer than that for him to get over the hump. And when he finally did, he sort of broke out. In fact, Mac Brown was telling us before last season, Antoine's a pro. He kept saying Antoine's a pro. He's going to play in the NFL. All, everything is, it kind of come together, the, the mental stuff with the confidence and the body being 100% healthy, and then he suffers a collarbone, breaks his collarbone in like the third or fourth practice in, in August last year, fall camp, and he missed the first three games, comes back for Notre Dame, scores a couple of touchdowns, takes top off the defense, which is something you guys will see that he could do. And from that point on, uh, he was outstanding last year, the most consistent season of his career. And also, I think you can sort of see it coincide with him being more vocal and being more confident, being a little bit more of a fanny slapper in that wide receiver room, uh, which, again, is part of the growth that I enjoy about covering college athletics, football, and basketball. And by the time they get to the NFL, they're not a finished product, but they've gone through so much that a guy like him, he'll he'll be able to deal with adversity because he's dealt with a lot of it, and he's talked a lot about it because he got tired, I'm sure, uh, the many questions we kept asking about it, uh, but you could tell that he took a lot of pride in overcoming the fact uh, that he was able to hurdle that. A lot of athletes don't hurdle it. A lot of them have an injury when they're young and they never get over it and it hamstrings them the rest of their career and really cuts their career short. Antoine didn't do that. He got over it and he's better now. I think that a lot of the people anticipated when he first arrived in Chapel Hill.
3: Well, Andrew, can you talk a little bit about early on in Antoine's career? I mean, you look at you mentioned the the injury that he suffers uh, in, in his freshman season. I mean, a total of like 16 receptions in those first three years, not getting a lot of playing time, not really being out on the field a whole lot. You, you spoke a little bit about, you know, perseverance and can you talk a little bit more about maybe that maturation process and, and, you know, overcoming kind of the, those first few years, I know one of the years is a COVID year. So there, there's all these yeah. different, you know, um, kind of outside, uh, you know, out of their control. Um, but, but t- talk a little bit about Antoine, maybe the the person and, and, and overcoming those things. Because like you said, one injury early on in, in somebody's career like that, it, it, it could be over in a hurry.
2: It can, and his was bad enough that it could have done that. Uh, but I think when you when you consider the fact that that was the end of the Larry Fedora era, that was Larry Fedora's last year. That team was in the process of falling apart when his leg fell apart. It's a metaphor, I guess. Mac Brown comes in, and it's a very different program immediately. So he had new coaches to get to know. He had guys that didn't really know how to judge him as a player because it took a while before they ever saw him as a player. Because he was he was recovering and then he had to deal with the mental stuff. And, and it's a good thing for him, I think, that Mac Brown came in because Mac Brown, more than a lot of football coaches I've covered, is really keen on the mental health side of things with football. A lot of code, the previous regime, they weren't as much that way. They had a lot of attrition from kids that had mental health issues. This program uh, in Mac part two doesn't have that issue as much because I think they know how to deal with it. So I think ultimately he benefited from being in the culture that he was in. But he was also dealing with a situation where he had guys in front of him who are now in the NFL. De'Ami Brown is in the NFL. Daz Newsman has been in the NFL. They were 1,000-yard receivers. Mm-hmm. And then he's playing alongside Josh Downs, who was a third-round pick in the draft here a few weeks ago. And Josh was targeted a lot, an offensive coordinator that loved targeting him 17, 18 at times a game when Drake made with 335 passes. So Antoine earned everything he got. He had to earn the trust of the staff that – not only was he physically ready, but was his mind in concert with his body. I think that that was the, the biggest thing. And then the blow last year. I can tell you this much. When he suffered that injury last August, even people in the media who have no rooting interest were really disappointed. Because Some of us that have been around a while, we knew what he had gone through. And he didn't miss a beat. He said it was easy overcoming that injury because he'd already overcome something much more serious. And and I think it was an example of some of the younger kids on the team because they have cited him as being a guy that led not so much vocally, but by how he went about things, how he dealt with adversity. So uh, he didn't play much for a while because he was overcoming that and because he had some NFL guys in front of him. And honestly, he had to get better. There were parts of his, he lost a lot of reps for a couple of years. Yeah. So he really had to get better. He had to become a better route runner. He had to be better with his hands. He had to learn how to catch the ball when it's on the inside versus the outside better. He worked his butt off and did those things. And the player we saw last year was a guy that looked to me like, a, like an NFL player.
1: Well, before we kind of get into some of those traits that that may translate into the NFL, I do I want to back up to his recruitment because I do find it kind of fascinating. A, a guy who got some offers from big schools—Florida State, Georgia, Ohio State—what um, led to him picking North Carolina? Was it was it a, a local thing? Was it you know just good recruiting from from UNC? How, how did that come about?
2: Well, even when UNC is bad, they always recruit well. It's yeah. a school that attracts kids. In <laughs> fact, they've had some pretty. Pathetic football teams in the last <laughs> quarter century since Mac Brown. They were really good before Mac left. Yeah. And then they got bad. Even John Bunning, who turned in many of the worst defenses in Carolina history, he had a class that was 13th in the country. So they recruit. Yeah. They're always able to recruit. There's a lot of things to sell about going there. And I think those were some of the things that appealed to Antoine. But also there was opportunity. Because he came in when Larry Fedora was coach, and they were on the heels of a team that won eleven games and was ranked in the top ten for a while, and and the next year it, it was the Mitch Trubisky year with Ryan Switzer all those guys. They got a lot of they got a lot of publicity. They had some really prolific offensive teams. So by the time he committed, he thought he was going into that. And then everything fell apart. Fedora got fired. Mac comes in. They're restructuring. They become prolific again. And it took them a while. But I I think it was the opportunity. I think it was the way the offense was at the time. They were putting guys in the NFL as well. Switzer just retired. He played about six years in the NFL. So I think that that was part of the allure. And yeah, he had a lot of other opportunities. We thought he was going to Florida State, Mm -hmm. actually. Uh, that's, I don't think he was committed there, but I believe that a lot of the crystal balls, if you believe crystal balls, which I don't, in fact, nobody (laughs) on my staff does them because we think kids should have their moment in the sun when they pick a school, but we all thought he was going to Florida state. So it trended very late, very quickly to Carolina. He went to a camp in Chapel Hill, had an amazing visit and Larry Fedora was able to get him.
3: Yeah, that, I, I like a lot of what I'm hearing. Um, about Antoine green, what I want to know a little bit more about, and you, you alluded to this a little earlier, Andrew is, I don't know how much, you know, about the, the Detroit lions and their, um, their affinity for drafting team captains. They, I mean, it seems like every pick is somebody who is a team captain, a a vocal leader, somebody who really thrived in, in, in that respect. I don't see anything on Antoine's resume that says team captain necessarily, but you did mention that he was a bit of a fanny slapper in that wide receiver room. Can you, can you tell us a little bit about the leadership qualities that Antoine Green uh, exemplifies both maybe on the field and maybe off the field as well?
2: Well, they don't really have team captains. They have what they call a leadership council okay. like that's, uh, that's chosen by the players and there's never a set number. Max first year back, there were twenty two kids. Last year, I think there were seventeen. So there's there's a bar, and they have to climb above that bar based on what their peers say. And he was on the leadership council, uh, so there I, I think is. that that's important. <laughs> and, and they and they do game count, and they do game captains. And he was a game captain for one of the games. But remember, he missed the first three, right? And then he came back in the middle of the season. Notre Dame was his first game back, and then um, missed a little bit. I guess he didn't play in the bowl game either. But they did game captains, which would be an offensive captain, defensive captain, special teams. And, and it wasn't always Drake May on offense. There were different guys. Uh, they, they don't roll the same ones out there each week. I, they, they've never really told us exactly what the decision-making process is for the actual game captains. But I think what's key is leadership council because each one of those guys – that are in the leadership council, have certain responsibilities and certain, certain aspects of the room. Now, Josh Downs was on the leadership council and he was the dude in the wide receiver. room. I mean, Josh is an alpha, there's no other way around it. But if you have an alpha in a room like that, you also need this the, the other kind of guy, different personality, who when he speaks to, to teammates, he gets through this just as well, but in a different way. And I think that's what Antoine was.
1: Let, let's dive into him a little bit more nuts and bolts of of, of what he does on the field. And, and let's just kind of start with what was his role in this scheme uh, with North Carolina? Was was he purely like the vertical threat or was there a little bit more nuance to his game?
2: Well, he was outside. In, in their offense under Phil Longer, who's now the offensive coordinator at of Wisconsin, uh, he, he called it air raid where basically receivers find grass. But there was a lot more script to it than he ever let on. I think that was part of his... Boy, about uh, keeping opposing defenses off uh, on their toes, if you will. But of course, they see everything that's going on. So we, we kind of chuckled at that a little bit. But he did, his job was to take the top of the, of the defense off. However, he was able, he ran a lot of underneath routes. And one of the things that took him a while to learn is that you have to be excellent at the underneath stuff in order to be able to take the top off the defense. And that took him some time. But again, part of it's because he lost a lot of reps. And then when he came back, he's like the fifth guy in the room and he's got NFL dudes. And that's a psychological barrier that one must overcome as well. So the thing that improved, I think, the most in his game is his ability to catch over the middle when he knows he's going to get hit. But also, he makes the difficult catch. Sometimes he'll drop the ball if he's got a slant in the end zone. He got a couple drops. But if it's a challenge ball, and he's got to go and use all of his athletic ability, his ability to concentrate on the ball and haul it in is is at an exceptionally high level. I've seen a lot of NFL college wide receivers come through here, and his is he's one of the better dudes I've seen at catching that difficult challenge ball at a certain moment when you need it to be caught. Uh, the, The other aspect of his game that we didn't see enough of that I thought he had in him, but maybe it was a scheme. I thought he was someone you could just throw the ball out to and put a blocker in front of him and let him see what he could do. But we didn't see a lot of that. That was more Josh Downs because he was a slot guy. Antoine's not a slot, but I think he's got the ability to use a blocker and get extra yards after the catch.
3: What about, Andrew, what what about any of maybe some of his memorable moments? I'm asking you to kind of dig into your memory banks a little bit um, and and kind of go back into the Antoine Green tape, if you will. Like, are there any moments that just stand out like, oh, man, that's a play that he made that is going to stick with me?
2: Yeah, I mean, I could name a bunch of them. Probably wouldn't mean much to you guys because you don't follow the program closely. I'll go back to Notre Dame last year since it's the most recent. Here's a guy who dealt with the first injury that we talked about and then had the collarbone injury. And we were hearing that maybe, maybe it would take him a long time to come back. Maybe late in the season he was hoping to be able to come back and play. There was some talk discussion about, could they figure out a way to get another year for him from the NCAA, that kind of thing. And he comes back and, and misses only three games and he scores two touchdowns that game. And he beats a pretty good DBs. And they didn't, they weren't that competitive, but, it kind of kept them within. Maybe if there's a miracle there, it kind of kept them in, in, in position to do something huge late. I thought it was impressive because it—he was faster than I'd remembered seeing him before. And I remember a play in Blacksburg against Virginia Tech when he went 70 yards for a touchdown. I remember all those other ones, but to me, that was sort of the moment that I really started looking at him as an NFL player because the mental toughness, yeah. the body's there. The athletic ability is there. I think he's a pretty smart kid, but it's the mental toughness to fight through stuff and be better when he comes out on the other end. That's what NFL guys are when you see him in college. Not Most college kids aren't like that. He was. So to me, I, I'm going to go to that moment because for me personally, that's when I started looking at him differently as a college receiver and also as someone who had a potential future after college.
3: Yeah, that that's impressive. That probably speaks to what Mac Brown was talking about, right? Like that's yeah, an NFL absolutely. guy right there.
2: Well, he was called an NFL guy before the collarbone injury. <laughs> right, yeah. So yeah. Because, because he when he gets going, he's a breathtaking athlete. And he's kind of strong. So a lot of times you see in college these dudes that take the top off, they're they're either really short and fast or they're a little bit slender. He's pretty thick. And and I and Mac. Mac understands what it takes to get the next level. He's, he's not going to throw those words around loosely, but we didn't get a chance to see what he was until he shows up for the Notre Dame game. And which I wasn't sure he was going to play. In fact, I think it was a game time decision. Mm-hmm. And then he has a big game and had some other big games. He complimented Josh Downs really, really well. Uh, Drake May is a, is a phenomenal player. He's going to be a top three pick next year in the draft, no doubt about it, but Antoine helped him. Yeah. There were some balls that a lot of dudes wouldn't have caught that Antoine caught that kind of helped Drake's, Drake's stat line. So uh, Drake will miss him because I think that in the last few years, the degree of difficulty catch, he would probably be the best Carolina receiver that we've seen probably since Quinshon Davis in that department. Yeah, it's
1: interesting. Now now I'm starting to think like what what's going to happen with Drake May. Is, it, is there going to be kind of like a Sam Howell thing where you lose – you know, two really good receivers. That was a different, uh,
2: that was the (laughs) offensive coordinator. The (laughs) offensive coordinator turned Sam into a freaking running back with his (laughs) head scratching. He ran for like 170 yards against Georgia state. You knew there was a problem. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, they've got really good receivers. It'll be a big here. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: but before we, we head to our break, I, you mentioned that he's making all these contested catches that, that are really impressive. Um, if you can pick out one that you specifically remember so that we can go chase that clip down on YouTube and watch
2: uh, it. I, I should have done this before you guys came on here. Um, <laughs> if
1: you can't uh, think of one off the top of the head, we'll, we'll maybe revisit that. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I can, if not, I here. can
2: send you guys something afterward. Uh, yeah. There are quite a few. Um, let me think here because okay i don't you know have to think
1: we'll, we'll put it in the the post at pride of detroit on the website uh you, you yeah, can send yeah. it to us later so that's we're teasing if you're just listening on the podcast you got to go back to the website and, and catch one of his better See, I'm, I'm
2: helping you guys out man. exactly, synergy. exactly. Synergy. Generate it, that recycled traffic that's, that's
1: right. right all right and with that let's take a break uh, when we come back more with Andrew Jones talking Lions seventh round pick Antoine Green wide receiver out of North Carolina. We will be right back.
2: Learn more at Marines.com.
1: And we are back here on First Bite with Andrew Jones, publisher for Tar Heel Illustrated, talking Antoine Green Lion's seventh round pick. Um, let's get back into um actually let's kind of talk about his project projection to the NFL. And and I want to start with um, you mentioned some of the traits he has that that you like. There's the mental toughness, there's the, the speed that combined with with bigger size than maybe you'd imagine. What other traits do you think that he has that that translate to make him as, as his coach has said, an NFL pro.
2: Well, other than what I said, I think that he's going to have to become a better route runner. He's going to be able to get off on his brakes a little bit better, and he's going to have to be more consistent with his hands. I, I, if he would have been better at both those things, I think he would have been higher in the draft. So you got to look at the positive with what the question marks are as well. I think those are things that you guys that cover the team will want to watch in camp. If he's having some issues with that, then I think there's a question mark because the NFL is very picky and there's a lot of other dudes out there. So uh, if he's going to make the team, he's going to stick around, which I think he's got the talent potential to do. He has to get better at his breaks. He has to get better at his hands. Otherwise, if he if he does that, I think he's going to be a really solid player. Will he be a star? I, I don't think so. You don't usually find stars that part of the draft. And and I never saw NFL star in college. I saw a really good ACC player in college and a guy with the potential to play in the NFL. I did some NFL-like things. So it's kind of hard for me to project because I don't know the lines very well. And on Sundays, I'm watching the game the day before and compiling. So I actually don't watch as much NFL football as I did and if I did if I had a normal life. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't do this for a living. So um, yeah, I do, but I have seen a lot of NFL guys come through and yeah. I, he, he's not the best of that group. I think he's probably in the middle of that group, if you will. And he, the, the hands and the breaks, are the two things that I would pay attention to. Otherwise he's got, he's when you could take the top off the defense and you're a strong kid and you can fight off a defender and make catches and, I, th- there's a place for you in the league if you're at least above average in some of the other areas. I would think. Yeah, and
1: it, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like a lot of the issues that he might face at the next level are, are coachable, right? And I think so. And and you you mentioned it yourself. Like this is a guy who showed a ton of growth through his college rank. so is proven like capable of getting better, capable of taking to coaching.
2: Yeah, the cut, I mean, not everybody's great at getting off their brakes. Not everybody's great at cutting. Not everybody's great at getting a hip inside the defender. I think those are things he'll be coached at. And yeah. they, he's had some pretty good coaching at Carolina. Like I said, they put some guy, They put quite a few receivers in the NFL. Uh, but sometimes someone can only get up to a B-plus level when you need to be an A-level. And sure. we'll find out if Antoine can get to the A-level with the Lions.
3: So, Andrew, were you surprised at all that, Green maybe fell all the way to the seventh round or were were your expectations maybe he'd be a priority, you know, undrafted free agent or um, do do you think that maybe he would have been drafted higher had he not had to overcome so many injury issues and, you know, going through multiple coaching staffs at his time at North Carolina?
2: You know, I've covered a lot of kids that went through adversity and they ended up being a lot better because of the adversity because it shook the tree. And when you shake the trees, sometimes some stuff you don't need falls off. And I'm not going to say Antoine was that kind of a kid, but uh, who knows if he if he didn't have adversity and have the injuries freshman year, and he ends up getting 40 snaps a game on a team that was it was spiraling in the wrong direction. And who knows what his college mindset would have been when when Mac Brown came in. So Interesting. I, I think that a kid like him, when it took him a while to connect the mind to the body after the body had healed, this was probably the best thing for him long long term because of what he got out of that experience. You know, it's college; it's not just classes; it's learning. I love covering kids when they come in as freshmen and they got some issues they got to overcome, and seeing what they're like when they leave because so often they're so much better having gone through it. They got a basketball player in Bay Baycut right now is a perfect example of that. And I think Antoine. I can't project what he would have been like without the injuries because we never got a chance to see that guy. So I know that when he played as a true freshman, when I saw him take the field against Syracuse, I thought, okay, we're going to get to see what this guy can do because he was pretty hyped when he came in. So I think he is what he is right now. This was the plan. That's what he'll tell you. That's ultimately the plan that he followed because, you know, God paved the way for him. He's pretty adamant about saying those things. And um, maybe the mental toughness that you need to survive in the NFL when you're not a star player will serve him well now. Because a lot of dudes have a tough time with that because if you're not, you know, a starter or even, you know, a lot of the starters, they, they have a tough time sticking because it is such a performance based business and there are no feelings in the NFL. So I think that because of what he's gone through, he'll handle some of the stuff he's going to have to deal with here in the next few months.
1: And you mentioned, you know, you're not sure if he's he's going to make the team, that sort of stuff. Uh, I, yeah. I can certainly provide a little bit of background there because it feels like the lines are obviously set with maybe their top four guys, you know, Alan Ra, uh, Josh Reynolds, Khalif Raymond, and Marvin Jones. But obviously the Jameson Williams suspension throws a, a little bit of Kind of opportunity his way, I would say, um, that they're going to need a fifth, maybe a sixth receiver there to to start the season. Um, and the way you usually make the roster if you're that wide receiver five or wide receiver six is through special teams. So, could you provide maybe some insight into maybe his value as a special teamer early on in his
2: career? Well, one of the things that a lot of guys who might be fringe NFL players should always understand is you got to play a lot of special teams, yeah. Because Mac Collins, who played at North Carolina, has made a, a hell of a living being a being a fourth receiver and being a really good special teams player. Antoine didn't play a lot of special teams, uh, partly because of the injury factor. They didn't want to yeah. stick him out there and risk that. So uh, can he play special teams? I would think so. Um, I, I, but I can't really speak to it because he didn't do a whole lot on special teams. If you're going to be the fifth receiver, you probably should. So he, he'd be wise to... I raise his hand and volunteer for a couple spots and see if he can make it happen. I think he's, he's certainly athletic and strong. enough. I talk to you about how thick he is, yeah. he yeah. should be, I would think he'd be perfect on a kickoff team because he's a tough guy yeah. and he's fast and he's smart. He understands lanes and all that kind of stuff. So I would think he'd probably be pretty good on the kickoff team and perhaps elements of the kick receiving team, that kind of thing.
3: Yeah. And I mean, especially, I mean, you talk about special teams. It's a mental thing, right? Too. It, it's it's a yeah. lot. It's a lot of, hey, you got to have that mentality to go out there and be on a kickoff team where you're, you know, running 70 yards to go hit somebody. So um, it, it sounds like he has that in him, though, um, from, from some I, of the things that you said, Andrew.
2: I would like to think he does, but until he does, until he shows you, it, it's kind of hard yeah. to know. But yeah. um, you've got to love football. You've got to love football to play special teams and given what he's been through i think the love factor is probably there otherwise he could have walked away great point yeah and, and he and he didn't so uh, and and you've got to have a little craziness in you now i don't know if he's crazy or not <laughs> but <laughs> you, if, right. if, if if it means getting a paycheck in the league you might want to get a little crazy
3: that's right hey those paychecks are pretty nice even for special <laughs> yes, teams. They are. um i covered
2: I, I covered the carolina panthers for a while and i remember they had an offensive lineman who's bartending one week and he's blocking the next week and it's those game checks, man. Remember talking to him after a game and all he said was game checks, game checks. And that was the quote I ran <laughs> into a piece and it summed it up for most of the guys in the league. It's about yeah. game checks. Yeah.
3: I, I, I appreciate all the stuff that, you know, you've given us on Antoine green. I know Jeremy um, kind of viewed this as an opportunity to, talk a little bit about a uh, a coaching staff hire that the Lions made from somebody who was yeah. formerly on the North Carolina staff. So I'll, I'll, let, I'll let Jeremy take the
1: lead on yeah. that. Well, yeah, obviously Lions fans are, are plenty familiar with Dre Bly, the, the football player, the cornerback, the NFL cornerback. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, I, I was wondering if you could give us a little bit of insight to him as a coach, because you know, I, when the Lions initially made the hire, I, I, I looked at some Tar Heel fans, and and they weren't very complimentary of Dre Bly that the defense has struggled for a while. The secondary in particular seems like maybe it wasn't the best. I, I, maybe you have a little bit more insight than just the defense sucked.
2: Yeah, the defense had problems, and it wasn't just the corners. It was all levels of the defense, and yeah. I think it began with scheme under Jay Bateman, who was the coordinator in the first three years. Mac Brown came back, and Dre was the quarterback's coach the whole time. Yeah, he was cornerback's coach, but they kind of combined a lot of it. And I don't know how much they used his knowledge and experience in that room because the room was a little bit combined at times. At the same time, Dre was learning how to coach. And that's what a lot of Carolina fans don't. They, don't, they didn't give him any grace. They just figured, well, he's Dre Bly. He's a legend. I mean, he's one of the most beloved Carolina football players of all time. Right. And they just expected overnight success, which that's the insanity of the Twitter world, the people that are on there. They sure. they don't really view the world through a rational lens. So Dre was learning how to coach Mac threw him a bone. He knew he could recruit. He's he's from he's in the Charlotte area and he's from the Virginia Beach area, which are loaded with talent and he certainly helped on that front. But they did have some issues. They only Carolina's cornerbacks only intercepted eight passes mm-hmm. in the four years he was there. But I think a lot of that's a byproduct of the fact that they never generated a, a consistent conventional pass rush. The only time they can get a pass rush is when they blitz people and you leave guys on an island sometimes. Um, their, their safeties struggled. There was terrible communication in the secondary under Jay Bateman because it was over communication. He wanted too much of it instead of simplifying. Gene Chiswick comes in with a great reputation. And I guess I could say this here. I don't think he got along with Gene Chiswick that well. Mm-hmm. And I think that there were some issues there and it was kind of time to maybe find him a spot uh, and go somewhere else. Cause he ultimately wanted to coach in the NFL and Mac gave him a chance to coach at that level for four years. I do think He got better. In fact, they had a couple of young kids that came in last year that ended up playing later in the year because they they had a little addition by subtraction going on. And the young kids look look well coached. And and they're different attitudes than some of the ones I think that left. So I actually thought he was trending upward. But some of the criticism I think should just be levied at the defense as a whole, not any one aspect of the defense. Because times everybody was bad and at times everybody was okay i don't think any better than okay though (laughs) fair fair
1: uh all right we'll close things out there uh andrew i want to give you the floor one last time to just kind of promote your stuff tell tell the people where they can find your stuff and and where they can find you on all the social medias
2: and that sort of stuff really quickly let me just add this about dre he's a good guy yeah and he's a great ambassador for wherever he is and if it works with him and the Lions, I know that, you know, the Rams and Lions were in, they played, well, Ram, played with the Lions for a while, played with the Rams. He loves to talk about it. he's got a ring, hmm. loves to talk about being all pro. He he loves him some Dre Bly, which is what you want yeah. in the NFL. <laughs> I, I think that 24-year-olds are going to respond better to his approach than 19 and 20-year-olds. That's a good point, yeah. And, and I think in talking to somebody in the program off the record about this, they thought, He got the schooling that he needed, essentially, learning under a Hall of Famer. Now he's being unleashed to go do whatever he's eventually going to do as a coach. He's more suited for the NFL. So as far as our site goes, we're TarHillillustrate.com. We cover Carolina football and basketball and recruiting. We're at it every day, 3065. We do at least three new items a day, every day of the year, even on Christmas and Right now, we're crushing it with all kinds of stuff. You'd be amazed. You'd think it's basketball and football season if you go to our site right now because we're all over everything.
1: <laughs> hey, we know that, grind And you can, for find sure. us on tw-
2: yeah, you can find us on Twitter, at Heel Illustrated. And we've actually been exploding our Facebook page of late. I hired a guy to take over the Facebook page and do a lot of fun stuff with that because I am technically uh, illiterate. <laughs> so I need I need people to help me in that front. Mm-hmm. So we're we're stepping into the next realm, if you will. I guess catching up with everybody else and some of the technical stuff. So it's a lot of fun. We're growing, and um, I guess we'll watch the uh, Detroit Lions this year to see how Antoine does. I hope he does well. He's a good kid. He's a real nice kid. He's got he's grounded. He's got a good sense of self. He's been through a lot. And if he succeeds, I think Lions fans will like him.
1: No question, no question. And like I said, he might he might get in a little early opportunity with all the the wide receiver yeah. shenanigans uh this offseason. But Andrew Jones, uh really, really appreciate your work. Um obviously wish you continued success over at tarhailsillustrated.com. Uh and and really appreciate your time here. Um also very much appreciate everyone listening. Uh thank you for for sticking with us. This is the the first in what should be a series of eight different podcasts and alliance draft picks. So stick with us. Uh but until then, for Andrew, for Ryan. I'm Jeremy. Thank you all for listening. It's Cass. Be kind.